Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 216 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to open the show with a quote from Patricia Marks. One false word, one extra word, and somebody's thinking about how they have to buy paper towels at the store. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, hey! Ooh, this episode marks a big milestone in our podcast journey. What is it? This is going to be our first month with more than 10,000 downloads, which I believe puts the speaking club in the top one or 2% of all podcasts. And so I want to say thank you to you for choosing to listen, for sharing it with people and for leaving a rating or review if you've done that too. Now, I try my best each week to make sure that the time you invest in listening gives you a big return in terms of moving you forward on your speaking journey and closer to achieving your business or career goals. Our time is precious and I don't take yours for granted. So thanks. But enough of that, because today I want to talk to you about slides. Now, there's a lot of information out there around how to use slides in the right way. And indeed, I covered this in great detail in podcast episode 08282, the seven deadly slide scenes and how to avoid them. And if you haven't listened to that yet, then you can just follow the link in the show notes to have have a listen to that. You don't need to listen to it before this, but you might want to listen to it afterwards. But what there isn't much on in the old internet and around and about is the answer to the question of whether you should use slides in the first place, which is one that I've been asked a lot recently. So in this episode, I want to start by giving you my definitive answer to the question, should I use slides? And explain why I came to that conclusion. Here it is then. My unambiguous, unequivocal answer. That is the wrong question to ask. (laughs) I've done talks with no slides and I've done talks with slides. There is no right or wrong. There is only one question that you should ask and find the answer to when debating whether to use slides or not. And that is, in this context and with this audience... What will work best to keep them engaged and get my message to land? And what I want to do in this show is take you through what to consider when making that assessment. And I hope that it helps you get to the right answer for your talk. Okay, I want to start off by asking you a question. Have you read any biographies? I picked up a copy of my Steve Martin book, Born Standing Up, this morning. I was looking for a quote and I started to reread bits of it. And inevitably, 
I flicked through the photos that captured moments and events in his story. I love photos in biography books. And if you're like me and most other people, those photos scratch an itch that most audiences have when it comes to real life stories. They want to see a photo to bring it alive. I recently watched the Netflix documentary, The Tinder Swindler, and the drama documentary Inventing Anna. And even as I was watching the programs, I was Googling more about them. I wanted to see what Simon Leviev was up to today. Was he still conning people? Was he, you know, getting arrested? Was he in prison? And I wanted to see what Anna Delvey really looked like to see if there was anything about the way she looked that would have given her con away to me. The bottom line here is that if you're sharing any sort of true story in your talk, the audience will appreciate and be engaged by a photo to help bring that story to life for them. Okay, next point for you to consider. Have you heard of a fella called Alan Pevio? Probably not. Okay, what if I told you he was a bodybuilder and he ended up being Mr. Canada in 1948 and his physique in that photo from 1948 was considered so good that it ended up being reprinted in a book called Universal Hunks in 2013. Still don't know him? Hmm, I know what you're thinking. Where are you going with this, Sarah? Beyond proving the point before, because I desperately want to see that photo now. (laughs) Don't you worry, there's a link to that photo in the show notes for you in case you're curious. Well, Mr. Pavio wasn't just a man that had brawns, he managed the feat of having brains too. In fact, after earning a few degrees and after many years of research, he became famous for coming up with the pictorial superiority effect based on his dual coding theory, which in simple terms was that he discovered our memories use both words and images to store information but they more easily store and recall pictures than words. So it's much quicker for our brains to file the pictures in the library than the words. So this means that words, especially ones that we don't have a familiar image for, without any associated pictures, takes longer for us to absorb and they're only coded into one of our memory stores. So this could mean that by the time we've processed something verbal, we could have missed a lot more information. And in practice, what it means for you as a speaker is that if you stand up and present to a group of people using just your voice, they would only retain 10% of what you told them. But if you use pictures as well, and stories obviously, information retention would rocket up to 65%. Some people claim it's even higher than that. And these pictures that assist the retention of your words and understanding of difficult concepts are what I call visual sticky notes. With this in mind, if you have a complex piece of information or a technical piece of information to get across, then a visual image is going to be a really critical tool to help you get your message across. And 
this is also particularly important if you're presenting online because in my view slides or other image forms are essential in that uh, sort of format to keep the audience engaged through your talk when I do a webinar I use about 80 slides which sounds a lot they're mostly photos that reinforce the key points of what I'm saying over the 90 minutes that I'm talking and that contrasts quite uh, a lot with my TEDx talk that I did, where I just used 10 slides to cover off the important points I wanted the audience to remember. And also bring a picture of me and my daughter to life a couple of times. Now, obviously, slides can be one way of getting these images across, but they're not the only way. There are other alternatives that you can consider using. So first of all, you've heard me waffle on about this one quite a lot. If you can find an analogy for people that's more concrete and relatable for them, then they can conjure up the image themselves. Like the one I used earlier, the visual sticky note. I would imagine that you're able to conjure that image up and that visual representation of the concept I was talking about helped it stick for you. Now you can also use movement props and gestures to paint pictures and help your audience get an image in their head. So if you're talking about your child or you as a child or someone else's child, moving your hand down to about child's height will bring times to mind for your audience where they've seen children next to adults. Help them visualize it. If you're talking about a glass ceiling, gesturing upwards with your palms flat as if you're pushing against the air above your head will help them visualize this. And I don't know if you happen to be talking about something as complicated as a hadron collider. You could, for instance, move your hands round and round in circles and then clap them together to represent the particles colliding. So there's some alternatives there, but you can also use props. They're a great way to bring things to life for people. Bill Gates famously brought a jar into his TED talk and released some mosquitoes into the audience to make the point that it shouldn't be only the poor that experienced malaria. There was only seven mosquitoes and they weren't infected, but it certainly cemented the point he was making into the minds of his audience and grabbed their attention. And lastly, another way to, to sort of make these images come alive for people is you could draw them. One of the best speakers I know uses an oversized flip chart to draw the images to help people retain the tricky stuff. And he's not an artist, so you don't need to be a great you know, drawer of pictures to do this. He draws stick figures. And the most important thing, though, is if you use this technique, is that the picture is clear and big enough to be seen. Now, before I finish up, I want to cover of something that I've heard before, which I believe is a load of old rubbish. And that is, speaking without using slides is a sign of a superior speaker. Mm, I don't think that's true. As you know, one of the big things I bang on about is that it's not about you. You're a vehicle for your message. And if slides will help your audience get it, then use them. If they'll get in the way and be a distraction, then don't. That myth is just an ego thing. And when you're a speaker, you want to shift your ego out of the way because the message comes first. But please, if you do decide to use slides, then do take a, a listen to episode 82 because it is important you use them in the right way 
and there are a lot of potential pitfalls, seven that I cover anyway, and in that episode, uh, you'll hear them about them and it will help you avoid them. So before your takeaways though, what I do want to say is that the Speaking Club Live, my membership, is a great way to shift your talks, your content and your delivery from muddled to mesmerizing. You can get coaching and feedback on your slides. You can get a safe space to practice creating imagery in other ways and to practice your speaking skills. And we have a fantastic community uh, and you get one-to-one time with me weekly. What's not to like about that? So if you want to find out more about it and what members are saying, then uh, go and check it out over at saraharcher.co.uk slash club. Right, here's your takeaways. The question is not, should I use slides? But in this context and with this audience, what will work best to keep them engaged and get my message to land? Audiences love to have real life stories brought to life with real photos. Images added to words increase your chances of your message landing by 65%. Big number. There are alternatives to slides for helping your audience visualize your image. Don't be afraid to use your body and gestures in your speaking to bring stories to life. And using or not using slides doesn't make you a better speaker. It's always about the message and the audience. Well, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you did, let me know. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all over the place. And do tell others, that's what my partner says too. Anyway, and do tell others about the show. And if you haven't yet left a rating or review, then that's a great way to share about The Speaking Club. And it will just take two minutes over at ratethispodcast.com slash T-S-C. Well, that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, don't you forget, carpe diem, seize the day. Or in other words, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week, there'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.